Welcome to the 13th season of Delving Into Dance. This is a special season made in collaboration with the Australian Ballet to profile some of Australia's leading choreographers and dance companies who are part of the Dance X program, taking place in Melbourne between the 20th of October and the 1st of November, 2022. In this episode, I speak with Anthony Hamilton, the artistic director of Chunky Move, and I started by asking, where did dance start? Dance for me started when I was very young. Um, I would say it was really connected to popular culture, uh, mostly. So I was born in 1978, um, grew up in Sydney, and um, yeah, I suppose, you know, music videos and, and film, popular film, was probably the, the founding kind of influence on me for dance. So, you know, I guess, you know, there was a bit of an explosion in the in the early 1980s with, with films related to dance. You know, you had breakdance, you had flashdance, you had Beat Street, you had Footloose, you had all these movies that were, you know, sort of put dance right in the spotlight, right in the centre of, of, of popular culture. And, um, and also, um, you know, music videos had, had become, you know, a very important new form of expression as well. And I think the kind of collision of, of visual language, art direction, storytelling um, and music and dance was, was very infectious to me. Um, it influenced the way that I kind of view the world and, and the way I... Um, was experiencing things as a, as a child. And I think as well, um, you know, that, that early connection to movement, being so young and being interested, being kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say interested in dance. I mean, it was more reactive. You know, my body, like most children and, and babies even, you know, they, they start moving before they make sounds, you know, or maybe they make sounds at the same time as they start moving. But, you know, I trace it back like that far, I guess. Like I, I like to... I, and when I'm when I'm when I'm making dance and when I think about choreography or, or art, you know, I I often relate my early childhood experiences to the the things that I make now as well. It's quite interesting because when you do play music, children often do just start dancing as and moving or whatever that is. And as a lot of people get older, we or some of us, myself included, stop moving or kind of put up these barriers to moving. Why do you think that is? What What is it that's such obviously an innate expression that all of a sudden we can't do it anymore or we feel like we can't? Or Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and I think there is so many factors. Um, I feel that one of the, the biggest actually is probably that a lot of our work life a large proportion of people's work life is spent sitting down now, you know. Um, we're not moving as much just in our daily lives. Walking is the first step towards dancing, I've, I've always kind of felt. So if you're not moving between things and um, shifting your body, there's really kind of no potential to, to become expressive. Um, I think um, there are, you know, there. Are, I think there's, there's, there's so many factors, as, as I said, but um, that one I find particularly interesting. You know, that um, there are kind of uh, conditions of the of the contemporary world 
that are physical conditions. They're, they're literally um, sort of an, an imposed condition of the way that we um, engage with our body. And that's, you know, in a, a slightly more passive way now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a privilege, I guess, to be in a position to uh, dedicate your time and thinking to um, how you're moving. Um, and I guess, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's quite topical still to talk about the pandemic. Um, but, but I will, I mean, during the pandemic, it, it was interesting because in Melbourne, you know, of course we only had the, the opportunity for, for some quite long periods of time to just like walk around our local block, you know? So as an artist, you're looking for any opportunity in a way to find an opportunity or a moment for, for artistic thinking, expression, playfulness. Um, I, I remember finding myself, you know, kind of dancing down the street around my block, you know, which would, would never have happened on in any other, under any other circumstances. It was the, it was the situation that we were in. It sort of forced us to, to, to view our own prism that we live in, in a very different way. And, um, I remember things feeling sharper and clearer and I had more attention to things, um, you know, neighborhood houses and gardens that I never really paid attention to before. Colors seemed brighter, you know, the, um, everything looked kind of clearer and sharper. It was really strange. Um, and I think because I never, you know, we're thinking about the destination all the time, you know, and we, if we're, if we're traveling to work or we're traveling to some event or going to see someone, you know, often the, the in-between, um, journey is, is a little bit of a, a blur, you know? So anyway, rambling a little bit with that answer but uh, for you obviously it was such a must have been such a strange time to be entering chunky move with all these plans and all this like new thinking new energy to then be to, to hit pause on everything was that yeah how was that feeling or experience mm, yeah it was it was it was terrible i have to say and there was a period of time really uh, a sense of mourning, you know, that this moment, this very important moment in my personal life, um, which of course extends into the social fabric of, you know, the culture making of a place and of a city was, was going to experience this kind of, um, this pause that no one could control, you know, and, um, yes, it was, it was very sad and, um, you know, I, I, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe there's a part of, part of me that will never really recover from that. Uh, but you know, then the new, the new lens that we have to look through is, is, is fascinating and interesting. And, um, the, the mixture of, you know, what is really relevant now post pandemic, you know, creatively and, and, but also coupled with, you know, the, the effects of of the pandemic on on economic situation, um, you know what it means for the sort of sense of international community and travel and the potential to have you know, international exchange of sharing of ideas, um, the sort of soft diplomacy that art had performed in the past. Even even those things feel you know really difficult still, um, and we're we're taking baby steps really back into the world. Um, 
in terms of that sort of in-person live experience, I just spent some time in Dusseldorf at Tanzmesse, which is a, um, a gathering of presenters from around the globe, as well as artists and companies in dance, to you know exchange. And in, I think traditionally in the past, it's been a space you know largely of a marketplace, um, but now you know it, it was. This year, it was very much about kind of, um, you know, commiserating, you know, as well, and um, just really getting early an early sense of, you know, what people's capacity and what sort of nation's capacity is to uh, bring bring people from very far away, you know, to to visit again. Yeah, and also because that whole time, like producers and creatives are used to moving ideas and things forward for some sort of culmination or some sort of moment celebration you know whatever that is in the different art forms and then all of a sudden in that period of time where people were unproducing and doing everything that they hadn't done before which was cancelling things and undoing the work that being done and taking all the steps backwards <laughs> as opposed to having that release or that moment um which is yeah it does need a moment of reflection because the world hasn't gone back to normal in the same way just yet you're in the uk at the moment as well um so that, is this the first international tour um since you started and how's it going yeah that's right so chunky move uh, earlier in the year premiered a new work which was a collaboration with restless dance theater who's a company from adelaide it's a company with dancers with and without disability We've been collaborating on this work, would you believe it, since 2019. And it just goes to show um, how, how significant the delays have been for getting pro, uh, projects up and into the world. We premiered our new work, Rewards for the Tribe, at Rising uh, in the middle of 2022. And we had scheduled to have our international premiere at Warwick Arts Centre in Coventry um, quite some time before that, but it was um, scheduled for the for the back, you know, the end of this year. So we're here at the moment. Um, yeah, as I, as I said, like, you know, a couple of years delayed. Um, and it's fantastic. It's really amazing to to be traveling again with a with our, you know, small team, um, the dancers from Restless Dance Theatre and, and Chunky Move. Um, and a small production team. We've done a whole bunch of community engagement work and exchange with a number of other dance companies uh, and students at the Trinity Laban Centre in London. Uh, so we have really kind of squeezed everything out of it and actually the focus in many ways has been about this this. Um, additional exchange component to the travel that we're doing with um, with some of the other companies and doing workshops with them and um, because you know in all honesty the season itself has been really hit hard by cancellations and uh, you know quite poor sales in terms of tickets which is something that we hear across the globe you know we we're in conversation with with other you know, companies and um, other people within the within the industry, everywhere, and, and we're sort of hearing the same thing everywhere. You know, it's um, what are how are we you know 
getting the most value out of out of the situation that we're in when it might not necessarily be about just about the shows and just about you know big full theaters and sold out houses you know um, what's the measure of success you know what's the measure of 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 yeah value for the for the pl- people and the place that you're coming to and for ourselves so that's been really really interesting how much more emphasis has been on the sort of interstitial activities that we've been doing around the performance mm. yeah and i guess with climate change and everything you know that's also um you know a, a great thing as well you know just to make the most of those moments how do you think australian dance is kind of viewed internationally i you know i live in the uk most of the year now um returning to australia but it's very interesting hearing conversations about you know australian dance i know it's not all one thing but yeah i'd just be really interested to know you know from the conversations you're having you know what people are talking about thinking yeah well i guess coming from the contemporary dance world and having spent the last 25 years within that within that space i can probably only really speak specifically on you know the contemporary dance landscape of that time as well um i mean i know that in the early 2000s you know we had quite a quite a significant international presence and there was a a real interest um in the work from this faraway place you know from a european and north american perspective anyway um and so you know um, companies like the Australian Dance Theatre and Chunky Move, Lucy Guerin Inc, um, all you know, and others you know, ha- had had you know, quite a quite a strong presence. Um, and then I think you know, I, there's been a really interesting kind of shift, I suppose, with the way media is consumed and exchanged um, over the last sort of ten ten or so years, in which I think it's very easy to just um, have a feeling or a sense of disposability of culture and art um, and it tends to have a very short lifespan um, and so it's easy to forget what happened last year last month even even last week you know I think the turnover of of uh, what's happening in the world is so much faster than it's ever been before and um, we're in a very strange time in that respect, you know, that the sense of disposability um, of of ideas and of culture. Um, now, I think, you know, it's in a way because of that, you can, there's a sense that you, uh, I think we can sort of reconnect globally f- a bit fresh, you know, like um, there are no, you know, big expectations or, you know, um, a sense that I think there's a you know a lineage that we're connecting to in any way. It feels quite new, you know, to be going out um, and 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 connecting, yeah, w- without that sense of legacy potentially, you know. Um, and that's you know it's weird, I suppose, you know. Um, but I think um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a hard hard question to answer. I mean. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, look, some artists as well are having a really strong presence. You know, um, I know that um, it's fantastic that a lot of First Nations work is really gaining a lot of traction overseas, um, and you know, it's a, it's obviously a really important time in Australia at the moment, um, 
with First Nations culture really, really moving into the foreground, you know, in a, in a big way, um, which, is, which is fantastic and incredible, and incredible to, to be a part of that groundswell, be a part of um, helping to drive that, but also watching it around you. It just, you know, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, Marigeku, uh, Joel Bray Company, um, I think both are getting really um, significant kind of um, traction overseas. Uh, you know, I know that Stephanie Lake is also, you know, really sort of charging forward with these, you know, quite spectacular, you know, large scale works, which is which is really wonderful to see as well. So, yeah, I think there's an appetite there, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Can we talk about your new commission? that is part of DanceX and a little bit about this piece and, you know, the influences behind it. Yeah, so the commission for the DanceX season is a new work, a, a short work. It's called ABTA Response. Um, quite cryptic. Um, the AB is Australian Ballet and the TA is Token Armies response. So Token Armies was a work that I made for Chunky Move in 2019. It was the first major work that I created for the company when I'd assumed the directorship of the company. And it was a very large scale work for, you know, the size of the company. Um, you know, I guess like, you know, you could say it was perhaps one of the biggest works the company's ever produced and, and actually manifested. Um, and essentially the work was really about the complicated dialogue and sort of tethering of humans to the environment around them, which is largely a, a built environment um, constructed by sort of human, um, you know, progress, I suppose. Um, I sort of have always had a very int a strong interest in taking a, a long historical lens to the relationship of humans to the built environment, um, even, you know, going as far back as pre-agricultural revolution and, and thinking about the first tools that humans developed and, and picked up to sort of, um, you know, improve or, or build on their capacity, you know, like even thinking of like when you, when you hold a stick in your hand, your arm is like that little bit longer. It's a, it's a new arm. It's a cyborg arm, you know, when you're holding a stick. Um, this sensibility that um, we found greater potential through, through the use of tools and, and materials and objects and but i'm but i'm also interested in sort of the paradox of that which is that you know um, technological development is not all good is it it's you know it's it's produced things that have that have been quite detrimental and um but i'm interested in the uh this kind of marriage you know between between humans and and this built environment and the difficulties we have with ever really extracting ourselves from that now you know we're so deeply and firmly embedded in a in a a world in which we sort of interface with material things you know all the time and you know tools and 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 appliances and door handles and elevators and we're going in and out of buildings and we're just sort of being carried around in dialogue with all these with all these material things and i'm interested in um 
you know, autonomy and, and control and how much self-control we have in the world. And I, I often talk about the, the idea of traffic lights as a, as, a, as a really interesting example of how we behave according to these rules that are, that are sort of, um, you know, we understand them to be about safety on a, on a very, you know, kind of basic level. But there's something really important and incredible going on there when we all agree that when the light is green, we go, and we all agree that when the light is red, we stop. It's a, it's a very powerful, simple sim symbol that we use to, to coordinate and organize billions of people to behave a certain way. And I just, those sorts of things I just think are incredibly fascinating. Um, and so ABTA response is, uh, as, is a, it's, a, it's an extension of the tokenami's language and, and interest within that work. Um, because tokenomics was so so big, um, there was you know there were twenty two performers. There were some other um, living creatures in the work. There was a horse and an eagle and a dog. We really wanted to have homing pigeons in in the work to have another um, another species of another sort of um, size that had a different behaviour pattern, you know, as well. But we we could never do it, unfortunately. We just we tried, but we couldn't get there. Um, and a whole sort of range of these objects that are designed and um, in collaboration with costume designer Paula Levis and um, Creature Technology Co, uh, Co, who are based in Port Melbourne, um, who do a lot of incredible work with big animatronic dinosaurs for huge arena spectaculars and things like that. And so we had a lot of fun developing this sort of visual language of machines and, you know, a sort of speculative future aesthetic. Um, and the idea, because the work was so large, we, I always had this idea that you could extract components of that work to make these smaller pieces that were responses to very particular contexts and situations and places. And, you know, before the pandemic hit, you know, there was quite a bit of interest and excitement about this idea of a modular performance world so you know what we understand it's a little bit like you know science fiction movies like star wars you know like you can have these kind of expanded universe iterations stories that are kind of yeah we understand them to be part of that world but they're not connected to the main story you know so we were going to pull out little bits of the work certain certain you know machines and you know a smaller ensemble of dancers and create a new dialogue um, between those elements for a, a new a new space, um, we were going to do a work for Dark Mofo back in 2020. We were talking to them about a work that would occur in a in a park um, on a on a on a sort of on a hill in a way, and so choreographically and physically the the sort of um, the area of interest was in the in the labor of moving you know to defy gravity and move up this hill taking all these objects um, with you so yeah that each each context sort of provides a sort of bed of opportunity for choreographic exploration and a new sense of what are the rules of this world what are the tools of this world and what do we need to sort of further the human journey you know Design 
is a big feature of this work and a lot of your work. And I'm just wondering how, when you start creating something and that kind of process of making new work, what aspect, I guess, is the subject matter or idea? What aspect is the dialogue with the design and the creation of the design and how that speaks to space? And then the bodies, does that make sense? Like all the different elements, how, how do you bring that together? It's a, it's, a, it's a really good question and it's a really hard one to answer um, because it, it's often in sort of fits and starts, you know, it doesn't, it's never usually one or the other uh, proceeding, you know. Um, it, it tends to be sometimes it's driven by a movement vocabulary that's just very much about um, the dancers you're working with in a, in a very, in a vacuum, you know, with nothing around. Um, other times it's developing, you know, a material context and a material space with things in it that dancers are immediately integrated with or responding to. Um, so it varies. I mean, but I would say actually it's more it's more often than not that I'm trying to develop a visual language and a, and a world that is then populated by the dancers after so that um, they're entering this world with, and we have all the time that we, that we can manage to get to develop, you know, this, this sort of bespoke choreographic language that is in relation to something that's already been designed, which is, you know, it was a hard thing for many years to pitch that idea. People wanted to know what the piece was going to be choreographically. They wanted to know what the movement was going to be, you know, what, how it was going to feel, what it was going to look like. And it was quite difficult to sort of pitch for funding, I suppose, to develop a sort of scenography first. You know, it was it was not an easy thing to argue for. So it took a long time to sort of convince or, you know, try and help people to understand that it was sort of integral to the work that we had a, a, a world that was constructed ahead of time, you know. Um, but that is, yeah, that is usually the way it kind of plays out. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we talked a little bit about, obviously, the blip um, of COVID and that moment of time and you starting at Chunky Move. I'm just wondering, has your vision for the company changed during that time or, you know, is your vision the same? And are, are you happy to share a little bit of what your vision for the company is? Yeah, sure. I mean, one thing I have to admit is that after around, you know, 17 years as an independent artist, I went into the directorship of Chunky Move pretty naive. You know, I really imagined, you know, in a way that it was a space in which, you know, wow, you sort of, you know, I'm going to get to do whatever I want, you know. <laughs> um, uh, it's almost like a, you know, it's kind of like the cherry on the, on the, on the, on the cake, you know. Um, or the icing on the cake, I should say. It it provides, you know, really incredible kind of opportunities creatively, but at the same time, you know, we have we perform a very particular kind of role um, in which we do have a great responsibility to the whole sector, actually, because as one of the larger companies in Victoria, um, it's kind of up to us to ensure that the art form is visible, present, uh, engages with you know the cultural um, context that we're in 
the social context that we're in, um, which is something that, like I suppose in the past, I you know I probably felt a little bit more isolated from and quite a creative hermit. You know, I was less involved in thinking about that that bigger you know picture of culture um, and how it connects with people. Um, so, but for the but I yeah I mean how can I say this? Um, there's not I would say there's not a lot about the vision for the company that we that we came in with that has changed in terms of the core values that we have what we want the company to be able to do is to produce really incredible work that you're not going to see anywhere else um, we we want the company itself to be a space of flow you know where people feel that it's a place for them you know that that everyone can come in and and be a part of what's happening and i think that you know we've certainly made program changes since we started at chunky that do invite much more commissioning at varied scales we've really um, expanded our residency programs and our partnerships through residency so that our independent artists have you know significantly more platforms to to develop work um, and to and develop their artistic practice than the company probably had in the past um, and I think that um, yeah we I mean that's certainly something that that we keep driving and it's not that's not going anywhere um, the only thing I think that the pandemic though has done is it certainly has asked us to kind of consider a much more carefully where that where the value lies you know that's what i was sort of saying earlier about the conversations we're having internationally as well um does the value lie you know for example in these very small commissions where we seed projects that are you know um you know kind of micro commissions that may develop into something down the track or do we invest more into something that's much more complete it's a little bit more robust and a bit bit more of an investment so that artists can actually go from go to woe and finish something properly you know um it so it's just really all about scalability and um we spend a lot of time strategizing what are the what is the most important thing to do right now and as i mentioned before because of the way that culture and ideas seem to be so much faster turnover and you know than they've ever been it's really hard to put your finger on the pulse, actually. So it's a sort of it's a daily um, operation to keep checking and going. Well, are we still doing the right thing? You know. <laughs> um, anyway, it's an interesting landscape to be in, and it's always exciting because you kind of never quite know what's around the corner. Um, but most of all, I think we just really we really want to keep making the company a place that people want to be part of and come and you know whether you're an audience or an artist or someone who just loves you know loves the art form yeah we we, we strive to make it a space that everyone really enjoys being around thanks for listening you can find a list of episode notes and links on delvingintodance.com where you can also find a large archive of previous episodes, including Raphael Bonicella, Meryl Tankard, David McAllister, Stephanie Lake, and many more. 
This special season has been supported by the Australian Ballet for the Dance X season taking place in Melbourne, Australia from the 20th of October to the 1st of November 2022. I hope you get a chance to check it out. Until next time, take care.